Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode number eight. We're in a conversation series called Be Kind. This series is all about making the daily choice to be friendly, generous, and considerate. And we know this only comes through the power Jesus gives us to extend this uncommon kindness in every single interaction. Today, I am joined by my friend, pastor, and author, Caleb Kaltenbach, to help us understand how to be kind in a cancel culture. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Well, all right, guys, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Caleb Kaltenbach. Say hi to the podcast for me, will you, Caleb? Hey, podcast. It's great to be with you, man. I, Michael, thank you for having me, dude. It's you are such a good dude, and I'm so glad you're doing this. Man, thanks, Caleb. Uh, just so you guys know, Caleb uh, has become a really dear friend, a true confidant, an encourager, and one of the most important voices um, in the modern era of churches today. I tell him that all the time, and I'll continue telling him that until the day he dies, whether he believes me or not. Um, and not just an important voice for one segment of things, but for the entire church and Christianity. So I appreciate you, brother, coming on today. We are in a series called Be Kind. We're talking about what it looks like to be kind in our world today. And we're talking about cancel culture, Caleb. And I know you have uh, uh, some thoughts and opinions on that. I've read your blog posts. So let's jump right in real quick before we jump into that and just kind of tell us a little bit about who Caleb is, what Caleb does, and what Caleb is all about. Uh, well, I'm uh, first and foremost a follower of Jesus, and then I'm a dad, I'm a husband, um, I'm a pastor. I've served at uh, for 11 years at a church on in uh, Los Angeles called Shepherd Church, where I currently attend. And I served as a lead pastor at a church in Simi Valley and also one in Dallas, Texas, and um, uh, have kind of a unique story. I um, wrote a book about it called Messy Grace, and I was raised by three LGBTQ people, two lesbians and a gay man. And I was raised in an activist community in Kansas City. And basically, I was taught that uh, Christians hate gay people. If you are not like them, they will not like you. And I joined a Bible study to learn how to attack the Bible when I was in high school. I became a Christian. My parents kicked me out um, when I came out to them as a Christian. Uh, I always tell people that was my coming out to my three gay parents as a Christian. <laughs> and uh, eventually, my parents became Christians at the ages of 69, 70. So wow. I write books about the intersection of faith and culture. I wrote a book called God of Tomorrow. It's talking about engaging culture with kindness and next year. Summer 2021, I have um, uh, Messy Truth releasing. So, fun, Man, fun that, times. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And let me tell you guys, if you have not read Messy Grace or God of Tomorrow, you need to read those books. What a powerful, powerful, powerful message that my brother Caleb has. They'll be in the uh, episode notes if you want to get to Amazon and purchase the audio or the um or the actual books itself. Make sure you guys read those books. Caleb, you travel around the country, you speak to churches, you help staff and leaders understand, you know, this messy grace idea and how we can, uh, you know, 
reach out to those that are maybe different, different lifestyle, different perspectives and, and, and things like that in order to bring about this gospel truth to them. So now we're in this season of COVID-19 and racial tensions, everybody's screaming at each other, yelling at each other, and now we have this thing called cancel culture. Why don't you help us understand what that means to you uh, in this season? Uh, cancel culture is usually aimed, sometimes it's aimed at very famous people, but usually it's aimed at people who are kind of underneath the most famous people, uh, sometimes the younger ones to, uh, you know, the up and coming stars, the up and coming authors, the up and coming journalists, um, because it's harder to silence people who are on the top some of the times, but the people that are rising up and they really want to make a career, it's easier to go after them and to attack them. And the whole idea is that you dig up their past and you cancel uh, them. You uh, cease their voice. You stop them from talking. Um, and, and what's really, really interesting is that cancel culture to me is very, very different than you, than we saw protests in the 1960s that Martin Luther King led and so on and so forth, because those were very focused. They were mm, focused yeah. to make a point. They had a goal. They had an end, you know, and a beginning and so on and so forth. But with cancel culture, it's like the old West. There, there's no, there's no standard. There's no real goal except if somebody is not like us, we are going to cancel them. If somebody is different, if somebody has a view that we think is harmful, even if we misinterpret it, we are going to shut that person down, and we're going to shame them on social media. We're going to force them off. Uh, we're going to force them to apologize, and even when they apologize, we will not forgive. And so, whereas uh, the protests of the 60s and even 50s were focused on uh, racism and ending that and so on and so forth, uh, the cancel culture today, uh, people can be canceled if, you know, people think you're transphobic, if people think you're homophobic, if people think um, you're racist, you may not be, but if people think that way. And it's not just people they try to cancel. It's movies, too. It's magazines. It's everything. And here's the ironic thing. This is my personal opinion. The ironic thing is that cancel culture started with an attitude of wanting to get rid of uh, people who are fascist, people who believe in totalitarianism, people who um, uh, don't like diversity. And the ironic thing is, is the cancel culture, the way that it's going, it's becoming the very thing that it started out to fight against anybody that oh, doesn't agree is not. Alone. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's so good because that is, I've been saying that Caleb, like literally cancel culture has turned on itself, you know? Yeah. It's become the very thing that it hates. Mm, that's so good. Okay. I have this definition. I'd love your reaction to it. Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for or canceling public figures and companies after they've done or said something considered objectable or offensive is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. Now, Brene Brown, author Brene Brown, who's a, an amazing author and, and does a, a lot of great work in uh, vulnerability, says that, you know, there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is I've done something bad. Shame is I am a bad person. 
So cancel culture basically aims to make people realize they are bad people. Right. And I would ask the question by whose standard, Mm. you know, who, who makes that decision? It's society that makes that decision. And I think you probably know this, but society is always changing all the time. Society never stays the same. So if we are always aligning our views and our opinion and our values by uh, society standards, we will consistently be changing all the time as well. There's no standard with society. And so right. I like the definition, except um, I don't like the beginning of it. It's too passive, where it mm. says to withdraw support. There's no withdrawal. It's bullying. It's shaming. Like it, it gets to the real definition at the very end. Um, yeah. You know, it, and and here's here's the dangerous thing, I think, about well, two things that are dangerous about cancel culture, two of many things. One is, is that cancel culture doesn't allow empathy. Brene mm. Brown in her book, Gifts of Imperfection, also says that empathy is the ability to feel with another person. It's Ooh, very, very good. simple. That empathy is yeah. feeling with someone. It, empathy is not rejecting someone, nor is it agreeing with their decisions, opinions, views, values, or anything else. Um, it is what Jesus says. Jesus mm. says, you know, uh, if somebody forces you to go one mile, go with them too. And he was talking about Roman soldiers and he was telling right. Jewish people to do that. And I don't believe that you can walk a mile in somebody's shoes, but I do believe that you can walk miles next to someone. Ooh, that is good. Say that one more time for our people to hear that. I don't believe that you can walk a mile in someone else's shoes, but you can walk miles next to someone. That is good. That is so good. And I, I think that is so important when we talk about this idea of cancel culture. It's that, you know, we want to cancel everything. We want to cancel statues and and movies and all like that. And I, I have been under the under the the thought of we don't need to necessarily cancel it, but man, we need to understand. We need those things um, so that they remind us of our history. There was a quote I uh, recently heard at a, at a Ted talk and I can't remember uh, the gentleman's name It's going to drive me crazy, but he said, look, we don't have to, I don't think he said, we don't, I don't think we should cancel our history, but we don't have to revere it. And there's a difference right in the two. Um, okay. So Caleb as pastor, teacher, voice in the church, let me just ask you the question. Do you think if Jesus was here today, how would he respond? Do you think he'd be for cancel culture? I mean, because people I've often read that people will refer to how he basically canceled the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and he called them out on their junk. Do you think he would, he would be for this? No, I don't. Because people forget that Jesus met with Nicodemus at nighttime. Jesus had dinner at Simon the Pharisee's house. Jesus, in John chapter 8, when he, when he decided not to throw a stone at the woman who was caught in adultery, he was the only one in that crowd that could have thrown a stone. He chose not only to not throw a stone at her, he didn't throw a stone at the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He gave them as much grace as he gave her. Um, he doesn't really just go off on them until Matthew chapter 23, which is in the very last week of his life. Like that's Wednesday or Thursday before he dies. And right. even though he had strong words, he never gave up on them. 
And and here's the other thing that's really dangerous. Besides, cancel culture just completely dismisses someone, dehumanizes them, demonizes them, but it also doesn't allow dialogue. Ooh. And our differences make us better. Our differences Preach. should our differences should drive us to each other, not from each other. And so yes. the book uh, by Carrie Patterson, Crucial Conversation, says that dialogue happens in an environment where people feel safe to be able to share and exchange thoughts and opinions, ideas and views and values. And nobody feels safe. And if dialogue can't happen, we're not growing. We're becoming fat and lazy. Yeah. And we wow. need to have opposing views. Um, yeah. Even, and, and I don't want to get too much into this, and I'm not making a statement of one side versus the other, because I think that they are equally um, you know, at fault. But you have the Republicans and you have the Democrats. And the Republicans and Democrats, they are really uh, about ready to just completely, I think, ruin this country with their social media battles, with trying to cancel each other, thinking that each other's the enemy. And there's no dialogue. And you think you think back to even uh, a few years ago, we allowed dialogue, even yeah. though even though I don't want to go backwards to the to the early 2000s and 90s or the 80s because there are so many problems back then when people are like i just want to go back to the good old days it's like okay you're a moron because <laughs> the good old days were not good old days for everybody right right the good old days right. were really bad days and, and so there's this harvard professor named arthur brooks he's the professor of public of the practice of public leadership at harvard university and Arthur Brooks, I mean, I, I love this guy, but he says that we need to not commit to disagreeing less, but we need to commit to disagreeing better. Ooh, oh, that is good. That is good. And that's the way of the uncommon Christian. It's not that we have to agree with everybody's lifestyle choice or everybody's opinion, especially if they are opposite of what we find in scripture. But we have to un we have to figure out, as he said, and as you just so elegantly quoted, we have to figure out how to disagree better with people in a way that still promotes love, grace, and the truth, right? Absolutely we have to. You know, and if we don't, we're in big trouble, man. We're in That's huge true. trouble if, if we can't do that. And, um, you know, I think we're heading that way. And I hope that we turn the corner. And I hope yeah. that we're different. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Jonathan Haidt? He's a, a professor of ethical leadership at New York University. Have okay. you ever heard of him at all? No, I have not. He has a couple of really good books. One is called uh, The Righteous Mind. The other one is called... Um, uh, Coddle, uh, coddling the American mind. And so here's what, and, and he's a sociologist. He used to be a, uh, a, an extreme liberal. And now he's an independent because he's like, man, the Democrat party and the Republican party, both are destroying our world. And this is what he says, a social media eruption of common in enemy politics, identity politics, and entrenched rival moralities of progressive and conservatives is provoking a reversion to tribalism. He says that cancel culture is actually taking us backwards. We're oh, not wow. progressing. We're going back to tribalism. We're going back wow. to creating silos and territories. And nobody wins. Nobody wins. It's true. 
That's true, man. That's good. That's good. Uh, I'll make sure to include that for our podcast listeners into the episode notes so you guys can check out. Um, and just some of the great things that Caleb has said so far. Um, what a, what an important, just dynamic. So we're the Uncommon Christian Podcast, Caleb. We're trying to live out our uncommon faith and in uncommon ways in a very common world. So what are maybe a couple of things that you would encourage um, Christians uh, to be kind in during this cancel culture? Um, I'd say a couple of things. Number one, I would say assume the best of someone. Assume the best. Most people are not evil, malicious uh, James Bond villains. Most people do not. <laughs> most people are not the image that you have of them in your head. You know, so that's the first thing I would say. I would say assume the best until you're able to have a conversation with somebody. Um, or as Andy Stanley says, fill that gap with trust mm. until you're able to have a conversation with somebody. When we do that, I think that that'll be that'll be huge. I would say the other thing that we need to keep in mind is we need to realize the bigger issue at hand. The bigger issue at hand, cancel culture is definitely an issue. But the bigger issue at hand and the reason why people become so defensive with uh, cancel culture and other things is because the bigger issue at hand is identity. Mm. We are in an identity crisis right now. And that's why we're experiencing cancel culture. Because people are, we've been in an identity crisis ever since humanity fell from the garden. Amen and so, yep. and so we, we are always trying to find our identity in something else. And once we have it, man, it, it's in something else. We will fight to protect it and we will fight anybody. And the great thing, the uncommon thing about being a Christian is that when your identity rests in Jesus, it is secure. He protects it and you can rest you don't have to protect your identity. He protects it for you. And that allows you to be an ordinary person through whom which God does extraordinary things. Man, that's good. That is real good. So assume the best, right? As Andy Stanley says, fill the gap with trust until you have a conversation. My boss always says, you know, if there's two ways to take it, take it the best way possible until proven otherwise. So that's really good. And then understand the bigger issue that it's not, I mean, yes, cancel culture, yes, racial tensions, all these things, but really it's about identity. Who, who do you find your identity in, right? It should be Jesus. Always Jesus. Always. Well, man, Caleb, thank you so much, brother, for coming on today's show. We so appreciate you and your voice. And remember guys, um, Messy Grace and God of Tomorrow and the new book, Messy Truth comes out when? August 2021. August 2021, guys. So make sure you check that out. I want to thank you for listening today. And if this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast, which will help the show reach more people. And that's what it's all about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.